0: Clifford.
1: And I'm Hannah.
0: And this is Miles to Miles Life Podcast, where we will look into the Christian marriage,
1: break down Bible verses,
0: and share our stories from our marriage and our life experiences.
1: Well, having fun with each other as we spend quality time digging into these topics.
0: Welcome back, everybody.
1: Yes, welcome.
0: So as we talked last week, we are actually going to go into our third year of marriage. And to me, I think um, this 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 year that we went through currently right now even Mm -hmm. um i think it's really kind of changed i wouldn't say changed who we are but i think it's we've grown a lot um and i think it's kind of laid the path to where we're at right now i think
1: i agree and we'll get into more explanation so more detail
0: so in the the third year. I think we talked maybe in the second year because COVID had hit. And to be honest, I don't really want to cover COVID anymore because I'm kind of tired of talking about it.
1: I agree. Or I'm just, it's been COVID for the past year.
0: Yeah. But so, I mean, COVID did hit. And I think that kind of changed a little bit for us. I mean, it was still business as usual for me. For you? At, at that time.
1: For me, it was very difficult.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you were stuck at home and that was. Like cabin fever
1: it's true but honestly when we lived in Las lunas that's exactly how i felt so yeah i feel like i had um how do you say preparation
0: yeah <laughs> but we, i mean we also kind of did different things together at that time like that's when we started playing golf together and everything we started trying to find things that we could do yeah still
1: we need to continue doing that that was a lot of fun
0: yeah we, we definitely do and so, um, COVID had hit and I, and I think this is kind of laying the groundwork to where everything has, is happened. So, you know, it was kind of started off as a, um, kind of depressing, I would say, navigating through the oh, uncertainty that what we were going through. Yes. I think. And then, um, so we fast forward really two months, right? Um, is when we found out you were pregnant. It was July.
1: Like I've said in previous um, podcasts, I'm horrible with, like, dates right on the spot. But, yes.
0: So, it was actually, um, I I think it was July. And it was actually a few days before we were going to go visit our friends up in Colorado.
1: Yes, we found out just before that. Yeah,
0: it was like the, I think it was a Friday right before that. It was a Thursday or Friday. I think we drove up there Friday. And and I think it was Thursday that we found out. And, honestly, I I still remember. And I think I was... um, I, I think I was taking the dogs on a walk or I was doing something. I came back in the room and you were laying on the bed and you were teary eyed and you were like, I'm pregnant. And I just wanted to tell everybody, Mm -hmm. like literally I wanted to tell everybody, um, and we couldn't, like my neighbor was outside and I even wanted to go tell him that you were pregnant and you were like, I can't, we have to tell my mom or, you know, and we wanted to, you know, talk to, um. We wanted to talk to our family first and, you know, kind of break the news down that way, I think, with everybody. Mm -hmm. And then, so we went to Colorado and, you know, we got to tell our friends and and everything up there. And, you know, it was, it was a, it was a good time. It was like, wow, COVID had hit and then this had happened and, and, you know, you got pregnant. It was like, it's a win. Like, we have a win for the year. Like, this is it, you know, like. I think it kind of changed everything. And then, um, it was kind of a, a scary experience for me a little bit throughout everything because I was very protective of, of Hannah. You know, I don't, I've never, you know, been a, a dad or in that situation, but I went to like dad mode instantly. And, you know, I was making sure that Hannah was okay with everything. I was making sure she wasn't like too stressful Um, I was about ready to start selling all of our stuff because I was like we don't need this like let's sell it all Mm and you know I was you know in that that preparation mode and I think it was like our first doctor's appointment which um, I think at the time of what we were tracking you were supposed to be at like five weeks they
1: pushed it out eight weeks. So I should have probably been about six to seven weeks pregnant.
0: And I think you we found at that time it was like four weeks, right? Or five? It was it was like two or three weeks behind where where the baby should have been at at the time.
1: Yeah, that's correct. I think.
0: And so we're thinking the worst at this point, and um, the doctor we had it was just like no answers. Where we were like super concerned you know, throughout the whole time. And I remember we went back in for our second appointment. And I think she call- she tried calling you or she texted you or she...
1: Overall, it was a bad experience with this doctor. I think she, she even asked us if we planned this child. Oh, yeah. She didn't congratulate us. It, it was our first pregnancy. Super impersonal. Just not a really good experience.
0: Yeah, and... Um, so we go back for the second appointment and she wasn't even at that hospital. She was at a different hospital and I think we just lost it at that point. She
1: did not communicate to us.
0: Yeah. Like, Hey, I'm I'm at this other clinic, not this one here.
1: She was wanting to take blood tests and didn't explain why. And then she wanted me to come in as first both to come in right away. Yeah. And then she wasn't even there.
0: Yeah. And so I think we were like, what the heck is going on? and
1: I was furious so it was like I told him I wanted to talk to a manager and we ended up talking to a, yeah, manager. a
0: manager at a hospital <laughs> at <laughs> I mean a not, hospital. A, not a manager at a restaurant yeah. a manager at a hospital
1: talk about those pregnancy hormones as well
0: yeah that was yeah that it was, was, was uh, yeah and and so you know we want to get a new doctor and I kind of want to talk about you know I want to talk a little bit about the pregnancy part of it when we were telling people you know I kind of feel like people give unwarranted advice you know I got some advice and I'm not gonna say from who or anything but it was like this was obviously hands and mine our first child that you know we've been trying for 10 months I think at the time yes. and at the time I got this advice it was like oh well you should wait till 13 weeks to tell anybody you know because you don't know what's going to happen and it was kind of like I didn't ask for that advice and I didn't ask for that opinion but you still gave it to me that type of thing and it's funny how you know because of what other people go through to me it was it was it was disrespectful in my opinion to to receive that and I was actually pretty upset by it at, at the time when you know because I didn't see our situation like anybody else's. And you don't know what... Well, we what didn't to need sit- to. It was yeah, our first pregnancy, so Correct. that wasn't
1: really on our mind.
0: And so, I kind of... I, I just want to touch base on that for a second, you know. And it was just... I think... I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It was just... It was one of those upsetting things. And it's something I think that happens a lot to people. When somebody gets hurt in a situation, they tend to project those hurt feelings onto others and I, I don't know it's it's kind of crazy but it's one of those things where it's like if if somebody says that they're pregnant and they're telling you this and they're happy about it the thing isn't to go and say oh hey I hate to rain on your parade but you shouldn't do this because of this well, I'm doing this pr- to protect you so that you don't get hurt in the long run. But mm-hmm. we didn't want to be that way. For us, when we found out that you were pregnant, it was like we want to celebrate mm-hmm. no matter what happens. Yes. And so um, I think we went in for our, our third appointment and that's when we found out that the baby stopped growing. Essentially, it was a, mm-hmm. what I think they call what, a mis- miscarriage?
1: A missed miscarriage. So my body still thought I was pregnant.
0: Yeah. And that, I, I, I just, I can remember the emotion in the room. I can remember Hannah squeezing my hand when, you know, they, they told us this at the time. And I think everything just kind of sank in that moment for me. Because it was, I I don't know, it was just because we tried so hard and we were like really pushing for this for a long time that I just remember the high of being pregnant and then it was like an immediate low. It just went from like, uh, you can't see my hands, but you know, it was this high and then it was just like back down on the ground again type of thing. And that was a hard... Now, it was a hard thing for both of us to go through. It was hard for me to see Hannah who... You know, if anybody knows my wife, Hannah is a very joyful, cheerful person that when she can walk into the room, she just slices the room up with her smile. And in that time, she just went to a dark place. And it it was anger. And... At that time, it was like I was trying to protect her from emotions and feelings that others were were kind of projecting onto her, in my opinion. And, you know, it it was kind of hard for me, too, because I didn't want to say that it wasn't like we both couldn't mourn. But it was just, I can see that you were more upset that I had to be there for you in that. And I don't want to say that I didn't get to mourn or, or anything, but it was just, it was, it was like the one, I wouldn't say the one time, but it was just like, I had to push what I had aside almost a little bit to be there for you and what you were going through. And I would definitely say it's a different experience between us. It would, I mean, between a man and a woman, obviously, because you're the one that carries the child. I still felt, Pain. I still felt, you know, um, you know, anger and all these other things that we were dealing with. But I could see how you know, and I don't, I don't want to sit there and say your faith was at jeopardy, but I can tell that you were very angry at God. And I was sitting there just, I constantly just, you know, telling Hannah, you know, God didn't do this. This wasn't in His design to take our our children away from us to take our unborn children away from us and it's, this isn't his fault and you know he's mourning just like we are mourning and he's just as upset as we are and I would definitely say that if you ever want to know how strong your faith is is like watching the person that you love really struggle in that and that I would say tested my faith almost in understanding how strong and in my faith I was when you're married and together and things are working out it's like you're I don't know it's like your faith just works I don't know it's just things just work but when you have one person that's struggling it really to me it tested my faith it really was testing how strong my faith was so
1: (sighs) oh yeah it's um The emotions are still there in the sense of looking back. Because it really wasn't that long ago, it seems. Yeah. It really wasn't. Um, I was angry. Um, I had to go through those emotions, and I had to pull away. I knew myself. I didn't have grace for people because I think people didn't understandably, if if they haven't gone through it, they don't really know how to relate or respond. Or
0: even people that did go through it, I I think even they... uh, Again, I, I think it, it's funny that when things happen, it's like people give unwarranted advice on anything to the point that, you know, Hannah didn't go to church. And I don't blame her. And the reason why she didn't go is because she didn't want to see these people. And she didn't want to open herself up to things that could have been said. And I've honestly, again, I'm not going to say names or, or, people and just say a person came up to me at church and said you know where's Hannah at and it was kind of like well you know they obviously already knew what was going on and they kind of gave this advice of well if she's trying to do this naturally you know she should she should watch out because she can potentially you know if having a baby in there too long can poison the body type of thing and it was kind of like this is kind of why my wife's not here right now Mm -hmm. and it's it's one of those things where it's, it's I don't I don't know it's like when people grieve or people are going through something like some people feel like they have to say something or it's like it's not
1: well the thing is what's hard about this situation and what you're saying the, the feelings are totally valid but everyone grieves so differently yeah and so I knew that I could not handle people's comfort because I didn't have the emotions to respond to their pain When I was going through such severe pain on my own, I, I know that everyone had good intentions, you know, trying to comfort me, try to say some things, um, what they believed, why it happened, but I was not in the position to hear those things Yeah, and I needed to protect myself so I wouldn't hurt anyone else emotionally because
0: Hannah had no filter at this point.
1: I could be so blunt, and I knew I, you know, I loved and cared about the people um, that tried reaching out to me, but eventually, I did. After a while, I did kind of reach out and say that I needed some space, yeah. and that I would go to them in my time because I, I was in shock, and I was very angry, and I had to walk through that. Yeah, and I'm still walking in levels of that. Yeah.
0: It, it took you I, I, I mean i wouldn't say it took you a while because you're still dealing with it but
1: the anger subsided i would say after yeah, like yeah the anger for the anger for 5 months yeah
0: and i think i mean we definitely grieved differently differently i think and it to me it wasn't i don't i don't know so where i kind of came from is all i i see is i'm getting old and i was 32 at the time and about turned 33 and then this happened and so I'm seeing my age kind of go up and and for me it was kind of like I don't want to give up I don't want to stop like I don't want to stop trying to have kids I don't want to give up that I don't want to postpone and I didn't want to you know I didn't really want to do that and it was kind of like I just wanted I want to keep trying you know but I could tell for Hannah that it was just she didn't want to try because she didn't want to go through that pain again in in case it did happen you know and and that was that was kind of hard for me I mean that was hard you know and it wasn't like oh I just want to keep trying just to keep trying but it was just I think I saw you know I had all these visions and things in my head of you know when we were pregnant that it was just like I didn't want to let go of that I didn't want to let go of those things and I didn't want to I didn't want to lose those things, I guess.
1: One thing I just want to add is I would advise if someone that you know has miscarried, please don't tell them. It just wasn't their time. Oh, yeah. I do not believe God brings some child... How do I... I'm trying to find the worst of phrases. I don't believe for us, God impregnated us just to take it away. Like somehow he caused it. And I, the reason I say this is because I believe that people, the things that I've heard have been said it's just hard. I it was a part of the things that I had to grieve, because some of the things to me were very um, hard and insensitive, and to me doesn't does make logical sense. Yeah, to say it's not our time. It's like why would God then preg- pregnate us if we believe that God brings children to this world just to take that child away?
0: Exactly. And honestly, Hannah and I, when we first decided that we were wanting to start trying to have kids, um, I had a I, I don't want if I want to say a. a a vision, but I had a, a uh, I was getting ready to get in bed and I was, I saw him. I should
1: probably go first then. Okay, you go ahead. Sorry. Sorry for interrupting you. No, go ahead. This is the reason why I was so angry at God for a long time. Um, I really felt the Holy Spirit minister to me one night in my sleep and I felt like he was sharing with me that I'm going to get pregnant soon and kind of left it at that. I didn't actually share that with you until what the next day
0: yeah i think because i told you what i had felt no i had
1: brought it up to you and then that's when you told me your experience oh yeah and so same night and so that
0: same night i was getting ready to to get in bed and i i saw hannah you know laying there and it was kind of like the spirit just came to me and was just like look at your wife and understand that your wife is going to carry your child and have an understanding that you know what God has created in children and creating life your wife is going to carry that life inside of her and she's going to deliver that and it changed my perspective at that time because it was like you know I think before that it was like oh my wife she's gonna have a child and you know blah 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 but at that time it was like wow I had this big respect and like understanding of you as a woman and the, I don't know if I want to say obligation, but it's like a, um, a privilege, a privilege of getting to do that. And me as a man, I'm not going to experience that. I'm not going to get to know what that's like or have an understanding of it. But I felt like in that moment, it was like, I had that understanding. It was like the spirit literally was like, your wife is going to go through these things.
1: And that was on the same night. Correct. So that was very confirmation. And so when we had this pregnancy, when we first got the positive pregnancy test and blood test, we went ahead and told everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought this was a fulfillment of what we both heard from the Holy Spirit that was confirmed. And so when that happened, I was devastated. Yeah. And I felt betrayed.
0: Yeah. And, And that was also when, you know, People would come up and say, oh, well, you know, God just wanted our baby, you know, he, he wanted, and it was like, that is a lie. It's a lie when people say stuff like that.
1: And, and people have good intentions and maybe they just don't know what to say. And I will say this for maybe those out there who would already start their, their belief systems or things and they, they sit and they listen to us right now and they're thinking, oh, well, this and this and this, regardless you got to walk through those emotions if if you know someone who has a miscarriage if they if you happen to be going through a miscarriage you have to walk through these emotions mm-hmm. or you're never going to get through it No oh, yeah The reason I'm saying I was felt betrayed by God or for my reasons but I have to walk through it regardless
0: Yeah you did and you you did walk and through it And I those have things. and
1: guess what I still have a relationship with God I still believe he's good and I believe that he is not a man that he should lie because of his word I yeah. do believe his word and so I definitely wouldn't try to, for those listening, I definitely wouldn't try to fix what that person's feeling. Yeah. Especially you haven't gone through it because you have no idea.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to tell you guys right now, it was hard. It was so hard for me to see my wife who, again, was this very cheerful, loving person. And it was like she just, I would say, a dark place. And she had anger. She had bitterness. She... It, she was a complete, I mean, in my opinion, she was completely different than the Hannah I was used to. And all I wanted to do was to make her happy, but I knew I couldn't do that. I knew that I, there was no way to make her happy. There was no way to go through any of that. And I had to let her grieve in her own way. And I I remember being at church on that Sunday that she wasn't there. and was kind of the first Sunday through all this. And honestly, the Spirit came to me and was like, your your wife is going through this. And I know that she may be blaming God for all this, but he wants her to know that he's grieving too. Because he could feel her loss and he knows what she's going through. And she may turn her back on him, but... He wants her to know that he still loves her. And I told Hannah, I said, you know that God still loves you no matter what? And he's he's going to be standing there waiting for you to come back. You know, it took Hannah a long time, uh, a very long time. And I, like I said, I think it's something that we still go through, something that we still think about. Yeah. You know, and it is hard. It, it is still very, very hard to to go through that. And so that, that happened in july and august time frame we go forward a a few more months into october and i got a phone call one night i I can still remember everything we actually went bowling with our neighbors and we stopped at walmart to i think we were gonna get some donuts for the next morning and you wanted a lime or something because you were having um like a coughing fit or throat stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i got a and i got a phone call from my mom that you know, first it was a number I didn't even recognize. I got a, 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 you know, I, I didn't answer it. And then the text came through. It was like, Hey, it's your mom Pick up." And so I called my mom and she was frantic on the phone. And she said, your sister killed herself. And all I remember and, and I'm in Walmart, I'm trying to go find a checkout line to go to. And all I had was a self checkout. And the line was a mile long. And all I remember was I took the phone from my ear and I handed it over to hannah and i, I walked out of the store i put i just took everything i had and i set it on the shelf and i just wanted to go out to the car i didn't say anything i just I, I literally took the phone and i handed it off to hannah to i wouldn't say i don't know deal with but it was just i didn't know what to do in that moment and i remember walking out of the store and there was a lady i wouldn't say guarding the door but standing there by the door and she kept looking at me the only thing that goes through my head was, This lady thinks I'm stealing something or I don't know. And I was like, She better not stop me. I was like, She better not stop me and say a dang word or I'm going to lose it on her. Like she, like, it was because I I would start feeling anger inside of me. It was one of those things like, You're gonna wish you never clocked in today that type of thing. In fact, Hannah walked out behind me and I think the lady had asked if she bought something or, you know
1: and I was already on the phone so I wasn't really processing what was going on because we just received this news and so I was dazed and she looked at me and I was happened to be wearing a backpack and not having anything on on like my grocery bags or anything and so Yeah, backpack like, on. Yeah, I had a backpack on. That's why she stopped me at first and asked if I bought anything. And that to me is a small detail because the emotions behind it really or pointed to what just happened what we just found out it really had not, nothing to do with this woman or anything even though we were both pretty upset and yeah. kind of pointed that I think at that situation but
0: you know it it's still hard to process that and i think what's harder to to process through that is the fact of you know at the time when you know my mom told me my my sister killed herself was what went through my head was wow she must have been like for me and what I was thinking was was it that bad that she didn't want to live that she did this you know that she didn't want to be on this earth anymore and that ate that ate away at me a lot to to feel that, and it got to a point where I just started. I started blaming everybody, everybody for anything and everything, as to why she would do this. And I started looking at myself and was like, "What, you know, just one of those things? Like, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. I, I, I wish I could have had her move in with us. I would, you know, all these things because, you know, again, we were living in Texas and they're in Illinois." And so I really only got to see my family for major holidays. And I don't think she really even had a cell phone. So I didn't really have a a number I could text or call her or anything. And I was angry. I was very angry. And and to make matters worse, Hannah was angry too. And so we were feeding this anger, you know, monster, both of us feeding it. And I don't think it helped the situation at all with, with everything. But, you know, Hannah told me something that when we were in the car driving home and you know she she did say I, I know your sister knew who the Lord was because she knew some song I don't you'd have to explain that piece
1: well so a long time ago I had took her back home I think and those times I tried to like make sure I put Christian music on and there was this old song from jars of clay I think and she was familiar with it and that I wasn't used to because I haven't met a like I guess people within the circle I grew up in who didn't really know the old older songs of jars of clay so to me that that said that she heard the gospel she knew and listened to those songs yeah Cause she talked to me about how she she listened to a certain Christian band and so I did share that piece with, with you because I believe that it could have brought you comfort to know that
0: and it, and it did and honestly um, I think that was just a hard time for my family in, in, in general because it was, uh, I don't want to kind of say that Hannah and I were, I wouldn't say the same ones. I'm not saying that anybody was insane, but we were, I was definitely at a, you know, the place of grief of, of acceptance, I guess you can say like understanding that she did kill herself and that this did happen and, you know she must have been in, in, in great deal of pain for her to do this to herself. Whereas, you know, and I'm not sure if my mom's going to listen to this or my parents are, but my parents were in a different place of grief, you know, where they were kind of blaming others to all this is happening. And I had to take a step back because in that moment I was getting upset with them. You know, I was getting upset with them as to the way that they were kind of acting that I was becoming, um, I'm trying to figure out the word, um, I don't want to say inconsiderate, inconsiderate, I was going to say in, uh, insecure, <laughs> that's not right, I was becoming inconsiderate to their feelings and I was saying things that I shouldn't have been saying, you know, that I think caused more hurt to them, and it was, you know, when I all so I wanted to say something at my my sister's funeral I didn't know what to say to be completely honest and you know it was like the spirit told me you know people knew who who your sister was they knew who, who she was but it was kind of like the people showing up there I, I I don't say that they all didn't know who God was but it was just like but they don't know where she is now they don't have that understanding and you need to explain that to them yeah and that's that's what I did And I I know my sister's in heaven. I know she is. Um, But I think when we went to her apartment, um, I think this was before the the funeral we even went, Um, that was kind of hard, you know, because she killed herself in that apartment. And we wound up having to go back there and clean everything out. And there are some things that I, I found in there that I'm glad I found. I took it for myself, you know. Um, I found this um, painting that she had created, which I definitely think was prophetic.
1: Prophetic.
0: Prophetic. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, guys. I say patheo wrong too. So yeah,
1: you say patheo. <laughs> it's so
0: cute. So <laughs> it was. I definitely thought it was prophetic, and it was crazy that she had. I mean, and this isn't like it wasn't like a small drawing. This was like something she put time and detail into into painting, and it, what it looks like is is her and. Like her arms kind of stretched out, and there and there's a world there, and then off to the side there's a a uh, um, hourglass.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know if it's hers per se, but it's a white silhouette of an individual with their hands extended with the world. Correct. With a hourglass th- right next to it, and this
0: thing, and it wasn't in a like a trash bag. Like she was throwing it out, it was like in a trash bag because she was saving it.
1: hmm Yeah.
0: And. I took that. I, I immediately took that because I was like, I, I wanted to keep that. I, I took a few other things that, um, there was a picture frame my, my grandma made her that had her name on it. And those things I'm, I'm holding on to because, you know, she did have a child that my, my parents are taking care of. And I hope when she's older and she's 18 to give her those things when she's old enough, you know. And... But there were things that I did see in there that, you know, I could tell that there's a lot of things I saw that she really did struggle. And I, there were things in there that I saw that I was like, okay, she did know the Lord. Like she obviously had some spiritual thing that she drew this. you know, I mean this isn't something that somebody just it, it was it was really well drawn. Like I don't even know how to explain it. It was it was just a really well drawn thing.
1: I believe it was an acrylic canvas painting.
0: Yeah. And so, but the other thing that we learned when we were there at the, um, at her apartment was, um, how kind of a person she was and the reason why, or the reason how they found her was she would actually go and take care of people who couldn't take care of themselves she would cook mm-hmm. them dinner she would clean their apartments and these are people in her building
1: and we didn't know that we
0: had no idea nobody in my family even i believe knew it was
1: this. the building manager yeah that let that let us know
0: and and what had happened is these people had came to the building manager saying what happened to you know what happened to my sister because she normally comes around and and, and cooks for these people or mm-hmm. she cleans their apartments and stuff and the building manager wound up trying to do a a comfort check. Yeah, a wellness check. A wellness check. And, um, but that, you know, and and for me, that was hard to hear a little bit only because it was like, it was kind of one of those things like, wow, how well did I know my sister, you know, that she was doing this? And at the same time, it was great hearing that because it was like, wow, Mm -hmm. that my sister was a great person.
1: Well, I think that shows the light of Christ. Yeah. That's why it was comforting for me.
0: But... That I had to I had to take a month off of work. I um I was dealing with a lot of anger.
1: You're dealing with the miscarriage on top of now this.
0: Yeah, I I had the miscarriage and then finding this out, it it just it created this anger inside of me. I didn't fall into blaming God or you know trying to turn away from Him, but it definitely did test my my spiritual strength i would say because i let the anger consume me, and i know what it says in the bible about anger the thing is you have to process through anger it's okay to be angry but for me it was to a point where i would just snap on anything i remember i got an email from a general contractor that made a comment in this email as i was gone for this funeral and i almost texted this guy or email them back with everybody copied on it and let them have it.
1: I'm glad you didn't. I remember multiple times I've kept trying to tell you, hey, this is what's really going on. This is what you're focusing this anger on, but it has nothing to do with this situation.
0: And that's correct. And that, it was just a hard thing to go through. And not only that, but the holidays were coming up and we always go home for Thanksgiving. And that was, you know, The thing is, when we always went home to Illinois, anytime we had a family function or something, Hannah and I would go pick my sister up and drop her back off. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of our time together with her, you know, alone, I guess, in that moment. Um, And I think for me, I was starting to hit it like this. I'm not going to get to do this anymore. Like that's, that's over. And that is where a lot of the pain and 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 mourning come in is the fact that it's like, wow, all these things that I may have taken for granted, I'm I'm not going to get to do those things again. And I think, you know, I've lost some grandparents and stuff a few years ago, and I know that's hard. I had five brothers and sisters in my family. When you have five brothers and sisters in your family, and it goes from five to four, it, it made me not feel invincible anymore, to be completely honest it's like one number went down and it was like that's where things started hitting even more i think and so the holidays were hard absolutely hard
1: believe that thanksgiving that was rough on our marriage wasn't it yeah because that is a lot to go through i think for three years into marriage four years into the relationship um we went through a lot yeah and it was hard
0: yeah i mean and honestly that's what drove more of my decision to want to be closer to some family i i I can't move back to illinois i just i don't want to say that there's nothing there for me but i just i've known that that's not my place that i'm going to stay at and so i've always kind of told hannah like I'd, i'd like to be closer to family some family i want us to have some family around us I know we had our friends and stuff around us, but I just, I wanted some sort of family, you know, after this had happened with one of my family members, it was, I started seeing that losing a family member, not being around or not having that. It was just, I don't know. It's just, that's what it created.
1: I think that's understandable.
0: Yeah. And, and that's when that, the, the job opened up over before Christmas mm-hmm. when we came up here.
1: Well, we had to have those conversations because you did have one opportunity And I was definitely not ready to leave Texas, and I told you, or I asked you, I was like, please do not take it.
0: Well, this was before. This was before my sister's death.
1: That was before? That was before. Oh, I see.
0: That was before that. Okay. But yeah, we didn't have any, you know, at that time, there was nothing that we even looked at or opened up to or anything yeah but you know and I think that kind of brings us into the third year because we we talked about us moving and stuff but I would definitely say like this this third year matured us a lot and I I would say it strengthened us too because of what we went through and but there were times that I felt like we were weak in our marriage because of it
1: I'll be definitely transparent I feel like I think there's definitely things we need to work on oh yeah for sure, like I feel like we're strong, but there that has definitely sown seeds, I believe, of insecurity in our marriage for me. And I'm saying that transparently to you because it's like we've been through a lot, and we're still trying to heal from those things.
0: Oh yeah, it's still you know both situations. You know, there'll be times I, I could be walking the dog in the morning and and think about it. But like I said, it's hard because. To be in your third year of marriage and, and you go through a miscarriage and and losing a close family member.
1: Mm-hmm. And then I I think, I don't remember, but that same year I lost a close, like I lost a family member that lived in yeah Arizona. And then I lost a family, a good family friend. We lost him.
0: Yeah. And so we...
1: Which we didn't even get to details about because we were in Texas anyway, but we lost multiple people.
0: Yeah. And so, you know it was just one of those things like we had to be strong with each other or we were not going to make it. And like I said, we had to mature and I don't know, and I don't, I don't going to decision it's not like a comparison thing, but I don't know a a lot of people that went through that in three years, you know? And, and what I mean by that is not just what we just went through in that, in that, in that third year, but moving and, you know, getting married and, and the stuff we dealt with, with family, which, we didn't get into for reasons that we want to keep that private and, yes. and, you know, and moving again and, you know, death And we went through a lot in those three years. And that's why we wanted to share our story first on the things that, you know, this is why we started this journey in the first place. You know, our podcasts aren't, are ending. We wanted to give you guys an inside look at who we are mm-hmm. and have an understanding that when we talk about some of these topics that we talk about is some of them we may have lived through and dealt with. And that's why we're sharing this. That's why we're kind of putting this stuff out on the table is Mm -hmm. to open ourselves up to you guys, the audience.
1: And I will say this as a disclaimer, because I know that we have friends and maybe even some family who are listening to our podcast. This is our experience. And this podcast is for us to express our experiences. They may not be yours and that's okay. We're open to having those conversations. But I will also say that this is not a podcast for us to receive advice unless mm-hmm. we ask for it.
0: Yeah, and it's not for us to really—I wouldn't say give advice, but we're gonna give what we're gonna give our two cents based on what we've gone through. Exactly. We're gonna share our
1: experiences, and which may not be other people's. It's, experiences. It's in the
0: title. Share our life experience. Life experiences. That's us. You know, that's what we're that's what we're doing, mm-hmm. and and that's that's why I wanted to start this podcast because I knew Hannah like blogging, and I wanted us to do something that we could do together. hmm We're just sharing this with, you know, with you guys. And next week we're, you know, we're going to pick a topic and we're going to talk about it. hmm and, and we're actually going to start digging deep into, you know, the Christian marriage, dig into Bible verses, dig into topics that are happening in the, in the world today even, and, and talking about it. Let's, you know, what's the Bible say about some of these things, and, and really dig into these things, I think, and, and off of that. And we wanted to share our story so you guys now understand it's not just two people that everything just in life has worked out for them. And, and we're just sharing our our advice, if you will, when we don't have the experience. And that's kind of why we wanted to, to share the experience with you
1: guys. Exactly. And like all advice, we can take it or we can leave it.
0: it it's one of those things like it, it's for you guys to take and to go and do more research with. It's like they say mm-hmm. in church, like the pastor can sit there and, and teach what's in the Bible, but it's our responsibility to actually go and read the Bible and have understanding for ourselves of, of the Bible. I agree. And so that's what we're, we're going to do with this podcast.
1: And if you guys have anything you want to share, we still do have our email. Yep. It's miles, the number two, miles life at outlook.com.
0: Yeah, you got it right. Thank <laughs> Good you. Good job.
1: We'd love to hear if you guys have experienced similar things or what's going on in your life, in your marriage.
0: Or or topics that you guys may want to, us to cover or get our advice on or anything, you mm-hmm. know.
1: I think we should end on a positive note then.
0: Yeah. yeah where I, are we at now yeah, in our
1: marriage and where yeah. we're at emotionally, even going through all of these things, even if those things were hard on our marriage
0: I th- I definitely think that we're stronger. I-, I definitely think that we we are strong. And I- you know when I- you know what I look at what I, I look at, uh, and we talked about this in church a while ago. But it talks about um God's armor, and I brought this up before. But it's funny the the, the Christian the Christianite or the that's my own word trademark only. Knight. I will say that when I became a Christian, it changed my life, and I did turn my back on God after my second, you know, no, I'm sorry, after my first divorce. And then going back to him, it it, it definitely changed things. And when you accept God into your life and, and you become a Christian, it's like you're unstoppable. You're like, oh, nothing's gonna ever stop me. Because things are fresh and new. But then you get to battle. It's like being the 19-year-old on the boat, about ready to land on the beaches of Normandy. And you know, those guys were ready to sign up to go fight, fight the Germans, go fight in a war, all go lucky and happy. And then the ramps of the boat, drop in machine gun fire is mowing everybody down around them and then fear kicks in and i feel like that's kind of how it is in, in the christian mindset is we're ready to go fight the devil we are and then when you go to battle your know, real battle and it's not fighting the devil it's fighting what what you're going through that's the thing it's not it's not a hand-to-hand combat with the devil it's it's a it's a fight in in your spiritual life and things that you're dealing with. It's it's a fight when when you go through a miscarriage or a fight losing a family member or a fight when you and your your spouse get into an argument. Mm-hmm. Those are the battles. Amen. And, yeah, this- and those are the battles that make you stronger. The guys that became the high enlisted, and I'm going to use military lingo a lot because honestly, it ties in. It, it's what I know. You know, it's, it is what I know. But the guys who are, are enlisted in the military are guys who've been in for a long time who've seen war, who, who've been to battle, and offer their advice to the, the, the younger guys. And they're usually these hardened dudes and dudettes because they, they've seen what war is. And I feel like that's what the veteran Christian is. And I don't want to say that they're hardened or anything like that, but they've been to battle, and they know, they know what's out there. I think we've been to battle a few times now, and it's definitely made us stronger... You know, our marriage has made us stronger and, and depending on each other because we didn't have a whole lot of people around us. We did have our friends. and, and Good
1: Christian friends that really encouraged us and built us. And I'm happy that we had that yeah, community. And, and we had that. And accountability. And I'm not saying that
0: they didn't help, but I think that was, we had to rely on each other to really be there for one another. We had and to figure
1: it out on our own.
0: Correct. And that didn't make us stronger in what we went through.
1: I agree.
0: It made us really, like I said, after Hannah was at that miscarriage, I was questioning my, I wouldn't say questioning my faith, but I was questioning how strong I was in my faith. That opened up the door. It was it was very big to me that I started looking into things that I overlooked before. But yeah, like I said, I think we're definitely, you know, we're here in New Mexico. Like, yes. I love my job. Which I'm
1: thankful for because that's why we moved.
0: Yeah. I, I love my job. We're almost moved into this house fully. We're just trying to put things into place. Mm-hmm. God has definitely had his hand in, in in our move here and I agree with that and blessed us through the things that you know we've been through and you know there's a there's a few songs I can even describe out there but it's it's one of those things like it's there's a song that's called like the goodness of God and it's like you know your goodness is running after me and it's like no matter what I will be faithful no matter no matter when I go through pain or I go through whatever in life that is thrown at me I will always be faithful and
1: Are you saying that of you or of God?
0: That I'm, that I'm, so that God's goodness is all around, no matter what, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Even in the dark times. I mean, it's kind of hard to sit there and be like, oh yeah, I was still sitting there singing joyfully to God and everything. But, you know, it was just one of those things like, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up because I know he wasn't giving up on me.
1: Yeah, that's
0: good. I knew that there was still goodness in him. And so, what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know things have worked out for us now and where yes. we're at
1: and are continually working yeah it's definitely a continual thing and i feel like god's definitely drawn me closer to him yeah to regain that that place but i think how we should end this is in prayer because i know that what we talked about was very deep yeah and personal and other people might be going through that as well
0: yeah
1: okay let's pray dearly father god i just i want to thank you for this time lord father this time with my husband and this time in this podcast with these listeners lord father god whomever you bring to listen to this podcast lord god lord i know that we talked about things that were deep but i just pray lord that their your comfort your peace your love and your joy would cover these people that are listening right now lord father god and even over my husband and i god lord anyone that is trying to minister to someone going through these things lord father I pray, God, against any condemnation, Lord, because I know that's not my husband and I's heart. I pray, Lord God, for the people who may have been hurt by other people's words, Lord God, if they've gone through anything um, that we've kind of covered here, Lord, that you would protect their hearts and minds, Lord Father, and that ultimately love would cover us because I know that people say things and they don't mean to be hurtful, Lord God. I know that, Lord Jesus, when we experience pain, It's a hard thing, and I know that through that, we're vulnerable to the lies of the enemy, and so I just want to pray against those lies, Lord Father God. If there's anyone that is going through something hard right now, I just pray and ask that you minister to them right now in only the ways that you can, Lord God, to ultimately know that, Lord, you're speaking through Clifford and I, and this is something that you deserve glory for, Lord God, not us. And so I thank you, Lord God, for them. In Jesus Christ's name I pray.
0: Amen. I mean, yeah, babe. That's good.
1: God is good, babe. He is. God is good.
0: Yep. Even through the hard times. Yeah. We have to remember that. And I think we do. We have to continually to praise Him even in those hard times. It's easy to praise Him in the good times. Yeah. You know.
1: Or it's even easier to forget Him in the good times, to be honest. Oh,
0: correct, yeah. The Bible
1: does warn about that.
0: Yeah. But I definitely wanted to thank everybody who is listening. We have... I've had a few people actually reach out to us last week and mm-hmm. since they they hear they heard our episode so it, it is kind of it's very encouraging yeah it's me. encouraging like to know that somebody's out there listening yes. listening to this thank and, you for
1: your encouragement
0: and you know like i said i'm, I'm hope even you know in the beginning of this when we, when we first started that i'm hoping even if we can just reach out to one person and and change that person's life or offer something to them that's that's the end goal me just one person that's it and so like hannah said we have an email miles number two miles life at outlook.com send us anything you guys want till next week i'm clifford i'm hannah and this is miles to miles life podcast thank you guys bye